once you get that mindset shift away from just the numbers, it actually opens up the business to a lot of potential. That was the base around why we created this program was a lot of farms already have this stuff in their heads, in place, but they don't have the the push or the mindset shift to actually implement it or to, to go that direction. And honestly, most of the time, they're just too busy. Your CEO, your COO, your the janitor, your, your everything on your organization. How do I take a step back, look at the 30,000 foot picture and, and where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? It's that part that I find the hardest for most guys. But once you take that first step, which like I said, I've seen on the consulting side, that's the side they want to talk about. It's no longer in the business. They want to be talking about on the business every time I phone now. It's just that first step and that seeing the value add and, and moving forward. Honestly, it's that first stride that's the hardest. Welcome to the Growing the Future podcast, where our future is always bigger than our past. Being in the business of growing food for the world is a massive challenge, not for the faint of heart. Join us, the Aberhart Brothers, as we talk to progressive folks who like to innovate, collaborate, and transform the agricultural landscape. If you want to cultivate a growth mindset in agriculture, then let's get growing our future together. Welcome to our live webinar where the theme today is introducing farmer coach, building tomorrow's top producers. We're going to be chatting with the folks behind this new professional development program exclusively for, for producers. Well, I guess we'll find out if it's going to be Western Canada or all of North America or global. <laughs> the recorded version of this podcast will be published in season four of episode 14 on our podcast. And you can sign up for the newsletter at growingthefuturepodcast.ca and get emails about our new episodes and, and find all the past episodes there. Please make sure to give us a follow on the social media platforms out there and our YouTube channel. You can check out the recording there. The Aberhart Family Companies is online. Starting with aberhartfarms.com, you can learn more about our farming operation in Saskatchewan. We're going to be going out to a field day this week and learning more about all the innovative things we're doing there. Suregrowth.ca to learn more about the precision agronomy consulting services that Terry and his team offer producers. ConvergenceGrowth.com, where they accelerate solutions across food, health, and agriculture, currently helping Precision AI get off the ground with their beautiful 20-foot span aerial applicator drone, which we saw at Ag Emotion last week, which is a piece of art and science that is going to change the face of agriculture. I hope, Christian, you ordered one for the farm. It's only $100 deposits all 2024. I'm giving a big pitch here for Precision AI all of a sudden. I don't know why, but salesman <laughs> to the end. And last but not least, AberhardAgSolutions.ca, where we deliver one-of-a-kind fertility solutions to the future of the future to your farm. Just to introduce my guest today, this individual from early childhood, I can attest I was there. He's always had a passion for the farm, agriculture, and entrepreneurial growth. He is now the CEO of Aberhart Farms. He farms along with my dad and, and his wife and now his kids, as well as having founded SureGrowth Technologies, how many years, 15, 20 years in the agronomy game. Also partners in, in my company, our company, Eberhard Egg. He offers lots of free advice there. And convergencegrowth.com. Welcome to the show, Terry Eberhardt. Glad to be. You're glad to be here. 7 a.m. Saskatchewan time on a yeah. morning after a long, hot weekend at the lake. What an enthusiast. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Again. It's great. This man is the president and co-founder of Maverick Egg Limited, a business risk management and consulting firm focused on insurance and data analytics. Shaking out the cause of boost for the weekend here. He also sits as chief financial officer at Hebert Grain Ventures, a 22,000-acre grain and oil seed operation in southeastern Saskatchewan, as well as Aberhart Farms. He's a CFO for Aberhart Farms. He's a CPA. He's worked with MNP in his past career. He's got a specialty in large-scale primary producer grain operations, which is sort of our jam as well. He is a sharehold, was a shareholder in Shout Farms Limited, so he's got experience in, in farming until 2014, so he draws a lot from that experience. And His passion for the industry drives a calling that includes operational management of human resources, technology, data collection, and financial and business risk management practices it, that it will assist primary producers' operations into the next generation of agriculture. His goal is to change the face of financial risk management in agriculture, I love this, to leave the dirt, financial statements, and industry in a better state than the last generation. Welcome to the show, Evan Shout. Thanks for having me, Dan. You're welcome. It's going to be awesome conversation here. So this next individual is dedicated to practicing and promoting excellence in farming. Born and raised a farmer, he left the farm briefly to obtain his Bachelor of Commerce at the U of S 
an article at M&P to fulfill his CPA requirement, then returned to pursue his passion for farming. He's grateful to be born into farming. He's made his life work to help each and every other farmer increase revenue and reduce risk in hope of helping them live a better life and fulfill the food needs of the growing world. He's a speaker. He's an influencer. He's doing a lot of good out there with his brand in terms of advocating for agriculture. He's doing a great job, even politically now. He's going to be running for premier of Saskatchewan soon. I'm just kidding. Welcome to the show, Christian Ebert. There's not many things I'll say never to, but I'll say never to that one. <laughs> More than that. You and Brad Wall. <laughs> yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about Farmer Coach. This is the first comprehensive and continuous business management program in Canada designed specifically for primary producers. The whole focus is to get you to stop working in your farm and have you work on your farm. And the end result is help you achieve your definition of success. And I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more because I think we all have different definitions of success. I think it all evolves along the way as we get older. But the mind is a powerful tool. If you can dream it, you can create it. This is what Farmer Coach is all about. So we're just going to talk about who and what is Farmer Coach today. Why would a farmer want to be in this program? And what kind of real world problems does this solve for producers? I'd really love to get some feedback from the audience today. We have close to 30 in the conversation. So feel free to jump in anytime. There's nothing scripted. There's no death by PowerPoints. Just couple of folks here having a conversation about it, frankly, because we're passionate about it. And I've known the benefit of coaching in my life. I mean, look at me, right? I mean, you don't get here without being coached. I'm highly coachable. So maybe that's a question for conversation too, is is what makes somebody coachable and what makes them non-coachable. But let's just get started this morning. And so the context here is that Christian and Evan are co-collaborators on starting this new program. And, and my little brother is here as a juxtaposition, as a producer who's had lots of coaching, is highly coachable. But I guess my first question, gentlemen, to Christian and, and to Evan is, who is behind this program and why did you feel the need to bring this program to the market in Western Canadian Ag? So either one of you can take that away and go from there. I can start off. The Hebert group of companies is behind it, but I mean, you're, you're more or less looking at the, the two people that are more or less behind it. Obviously, we have a large team of people underneath us that are going to do 90% of the work, because especially for me, because my yes, Dan, my follow-through is <laughs> low and my quick start's high. I think when Evan first joined the team, we started talking about, I've probably been thinking about Farmer Coach for six or seven years. When Evan joined the team is really when we started talking about it a lot more. It took us a couple of years to get our operation set up, maybe. The way, I, the way I'd want the farm to be set up to, to free up a little bit of my time. And then once again, another year or two to get Maverick set up where we wanted it to, to have the data and everything that, that Evan wanted in order to help coach these producers. Obviously, you learn from other people and, and he's been really deep into it the last two to three years in Maverick. So Evan could give you the exact dates because his Colby will let him do that. About a year ago, I got the tap from Evan to say it's about time, isn't it? So I headed out to Strategic Coach, which you and Jerry know well, and worked on it for a whole day. Sent Evan and his team four or five impact filters and a strategic vision circle. And next thing you know, three months later, I started getting sent curriculum on, on what Farmer Coach was going to look like. But it, it really just stemmed from the fact of years ago, I went to TPAP, then started St Strategic Coach, and now we've thrown EOS in on the farm. And I think sometimes for some producers, some of those programs are a little daunting to grab onto. For some reason, we feel that farming isn't really a really big business when it, it is a really big business. And we wanted it to be tailored more to the agriculture realm. And, and things like some of the working capital and debt service type conversations are just two examples of, of how it's a little bit different than some other small businesses. Also, things like, to be honest, in farming, most people still call it hired man versus employee or teammate and pension and benefits. So it's really just to bring up that side of agriculture and open up a forum for people to ask questions, for them to have access to templates to at least get started on that type of stuff. Awesome. Evan, do you have anything to add to that, the origin story and, and the why of starting this program? Yeah, I'd say the only, the only addition I had is that after spending so many years in public practice, I'd gotten really good at the external part of, let's say, consulting. And then after joining the team in 2019, three years later, it's like a clean slate. I'd, I learned more in the last three years about internal farm management than any consulting, anything I'd done in the past. So 
kind of the dream behind Farmer Coach was when we started out, it was the knowledge factor of the external. And then over the last three years, curriculum wise, I mean, there's so many internal farm management techniques that the farms I'm doing consulting with, such as Terry and Christian and a whole bunch of others, that I think we just need to get out there for the rest. And that that's kind of where it started was when we do our public speaking, it's it's all about transparency. We kind of open the book because we find the stories and that, that's the best way to tell successes that I've seen in some of our clients. And this is just an extension of that as it's just full transparency, open the book, show the group of farms that want to be progressive and want to change. And as you said, their definition of success, it's not about just growth. It's about how you run your farm. And we just wanted literally to get it out in front of as many people as we could. And this was the best route we could, we actually came up with. So good. Well, it looks like a great platform and a great team of people. I think you guys are the perfect people to, to do this in the market, but Let's just take our attendees on a little bit of a journey here. Terry, if you could outline a little bit of what you have experienced with these programs, Strategic Coach, EOS, TPAP, extremely briefly, because you are a producer that has, has been really active in these spheres. But as as Christian alluded to, it's it's maybe not, it's obviously not tailored to farming. So maybe we'll get that perspective and then we'll let, you know, Christian and Evan juxtapose a little bit about what program's going to be tailored specifically for producers. Yeah, for sure. I'll keep it extremely briefly as you commented, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think that with farming in any business, but especially with farming, there's just there's just a lot going on and between succession and all the business stuff and and management in HR and typically, let's face it, as farms were not really that good at a lot of those things or we didn't come from a background where that was just kind of a lot of training and, and focus on that. So any of these coaching programs have been really, really good. And I think they just help you get clarity and help you gain confidence in making a lot of these really, really big decisions. So I think having something like this that's tailored a little bit more specific, specifically to the farm is also really good because there's a lot of kind of the higher end financial management and and things that most farms do need a bit of help with our, I know we did anyways, and it's it's just been great working with Evan and Maverick Egg and also through these coaching programs. So I think this is going to be really exciting for, so when, for the So what I'm getting at, Terry, is when you go to the coaching program, what does that look like for you as a producer? What's involved physically? What do the courses look like? And then we'll hear from Christian and Evan on, on what how they're tailoring it specifically to producers. So for people that have never been a strategic coach, don't know what EOS is, never been to TPAP, just describe those programs. Yeah, well, coach, I mean, we go there once a quarter and and coach is really about you as an entrepreneur and helping you kind of clarify your, your thinking and your mindset and communicate that to your team. EOS is a bit of a internal communication structure. The entrepreneurial operating system, as it's called, is, is kind of a management system for communication within your team and structure and accountability. So it helps you get kind of the traction that you need within your company and within your team to execute on the things that you want to do. So just helps you get a lot more clear on, on your vision and your core values and what the goals are that you need to execute on throughout the year. Yeah. So Christian and Evan, how are you taking some of these principles and, and tailoring it down to the farm? What does the program look like? Go ahead. You might as well keep going. Okay. I think we took what I felt was the best of all three of the other programs. So, I mean, TPAP's a week long back-to-back years. To be honest, you come home with 400 pages in a binder, feel overwhelmed and, and really have no idea how to implement anything. But at the same time, you think you can take over the world, right? So TPAP's downside is it's, it's a week of crazy high-level education and peer group networking slammed into seven days, 14 hours a day. Strategic Coach is fantastic on a timing time frame. You know, it's quarters. The part we don't like about that is it's quarters because one or two of them always fall in seeding and harvest. But what I do really like about it is it's implementable in between quarters and you come back and you do a check-in. But then EOS takes that to a new level, right? You're checking in weekly on Fridays and you have important meetings on month, month-to-month basis and your annuals and quarters with your team. And it's really all about doing what you say you're going to do. So we kind of took the best of all three of them. We took the peer group side of TPAP that I think is invaluable, right? You, you have at least one evening of networking because we're going to be a day and a half on trimesters because that just honestly works better for farms. Have one in March and have one midsummer and have one late fall. 
that you can work around your calendar a lot better, but it still has a cadence similar to strategic coach. You have your one type evening of, of real peer group networking, which kind of reminds me of, of TPAP. Sometimes you learn more out of the classroom than in the classroom. But then thirdly, it, it's designed like strategic coach where it really is coaching. There's templates to help you learn more about yourself, share with others and get their ideas, because I don't know that there is a bad idea when you have a group of people like this in a room. And then have check-ins in between the trimesters to say, hey, how are things going? Are you, do you understand that template? Do you need something changed? Are you able to figure out your own working capital calculation? All we did is kind of took the three parts of, of all three education groups that we really enjoyed and then tailored it to specific questions that we get from farmers. And, and that's all nailed down to, I've been speaking for 15 years, add, add in Evan and my time at Mars Ars Penny and now with Maverick. We have, we have quite a large binder of the most normal questions and requests we get from clients, customers, or even just all the questions we get after presentations. And, and a lot of them are, to be honest, they're fairly simple. They just don't know where to look. And so we wanted to create that spot for not only for them to look for these templates and ideas, but to be able to come and get them from other producers, not, not just from us. We have a template to guide the conversation. And when I look at some of the, the attendees on this webinar, it'll be pretty awesome what they're able to do. Evan, do you have anything to add to that? It all kind of fell down to the fact that when we did do our professional speaking, the number one comment we usually got was, it's great to see all this stuff, but where do we start, right? So when we thought of the education component, it was more or less show them what we're doing, give them that where do we start toolkit or template or whatever they might need to get moving forward and let them do it themselves. So when we talk about your definition of success, it was literally built around you tell us what success is for your farm. And over that day and a half, three times a year, we're going to break it down into the simplest tools to get you to that definition. So part of it would be coaching because as Terry and as Christian mentioned, we all go to strategic coach and we get the benefits of the accountability, the goal settings, getting away from the farm for a, a set point of time, just getting your mind clear. But we also see the education component. I mean, working capital, cash flow, and not just financials, HR. I mean, you name it, we've essentially put it down on paper somewhere in the last three years working through this. So, I mean, it, it's just a combination of what we felt were the three strengths of these programs and put it into three days. And it's not going to be one of us sitting at the front of the room, just giving you direction. It's essentially, you're going to have to do the work. So anybody that's part of this course and that's expecting <laughs> us to come and sit, I'm sorry that that's not what this is. It's literally going to be your participation because some of the ideas we come up with aren't going to be from us. It's going to be from the other 20 or 25 guys sitting in that room and just discussing the topics. Because what I found with strategic coaches, I can come prepared. Five minutes in, I'm already taking notes from other ideas from other people. It's not, it's not about just what I can come up with. It's about what the group can come up with. I love it. So let's drill down and give the the audience a little bit of a picture here. Let's paint a picture. And I'm going to do it through a little bit of storytelling, Terry, through your history working with Strategic Coach, because I know when you started, it was really hard to get away from the farm. But these were concepts that you were exposed to prior to by Rob Sake, who had come back with all these templates and you guys did these exercises. But just share with the audience a little bit about how you actually interact and learn and come to your own discovery and your own eureka moments through this process of interacting with other people. And you should relate to how dad started out in that process, looking at those filters and those forms and where, where you guys ended up. And maybe then Christian and Evan can touch on that. And the audience might get a feel for, for what it is actually involved to, to do some of these exercises to, to gain the value from them. Yeah. I think the big thing here is kind of as Christian had alluded to is, is that, is that peer, is that peer group too. It kind of holds you accountable. And when you can, I think one of the bigger things for me going through these is realizing that kind of in business and life, like everyone has the same problems, whether it's farming or some other type of business, right? So you kind of become to begin to realize that, that, that is actually somewhat normal, even though most times it doesn't feel normal, but and it's also like anything else, it takes time and practice and commitment. It seems really hard to like leave your business in the middle of a busy season. But part part of that process is learning how to have the structure and, and realizing that the world doesn't actually stop when you leave or you go away. And, and sometimes when the shit hits the fan, when, so to speak, when 
you do go away, it, it kind of, it highlights the things that maybe you need to work on within communication or structure within your business. But it does remind me of a story. I remember when we first started doing kind of annual planning sessions with the farm and Rob was facilitating that. Dad came into that first meeting probably 12 years ago now with his kind of arms crossed and what was things look like in three years. And there wasn't, was some pretty uncomfortable conversations, but over time you, you kind of get better at it. Now he comes with this list of stuff and listen off all the things that he's going to accomplish in the next three years. And, and then I think he's done and he's, he keeps going on and, and yeah, it's just one of those things that sometimes old dogs can learn new tricks. And if your mind is open to learning and coaching, there's, there's a lot that can be done. So it's, it can be pretty fun. Yeah. So Christian and Evan, what is so powerful for people that haven't experienced it about getting in a room with a bunch of people talking about a concept, sitting and writing alone, for a number of minutes, sharing it with the partner, then sharing it with the group. And then you come away with something that you want to make a fundamental change for anybody who hasn't experienced that. Can you guys describe that and how you're going to incorporate that into the program? Well, I think the joy of it is, right, is if you're the leader of the organization, which the majority of people in farmer coach are going to be, or they're, or they're the people being groomed to be the leader, which in both those positions, it can be one of the more lonelier ones on, on the planet because you got nobody to talk to about things. And, and lots of times we don't want to talk to our team members about ideas before they're real because we might change them three or four times and, and really affect expectations. In a safe environment, something like farmer coach or strategic coach, you can have your idea that was 80% of the way there and, and you can build it out and work through the templates and get it to a point that you're ready to discuss it with a group of three or four other entrepreneurs. And, and magically 10 minutes later, three or four things you hadn't thought of and the holes that needed to be poked are poked. So by the time you do implement these ideas with your team, they're 95 to 97% complete, which is a lot more smooth communication and process than if you just randomly willy-nilly <laughs> throw ideas at your team and then change them every 24 hours. Our teams are around us and they don't mind change, but we got to have some process and some expectation setting and proper communication in order for them to execute in their positions, which everybody comes to work wanting to do a good job and, and do the best that they can. And, and we found as we review what kind of what we, what we call mistakes, we try to break them down into process or people orientated and 99% of them are processed and 99% of that tend to fall back on me and the management team for piss poorly communicating the expectation of the result we wanted. That's where having, having ideas more refined and the expectations clearly set and being able to communicate them to your team are really important. And farmer coach will be a safe environment in order to take those ideas from 80 to 95% and, and learn from other people's mistakes. Let's be honest. Like, I don't know what Harvard is, Harvard is a year, but I'll guarantee I pay the education two or three times and screw ups I make on my farm. And so now you're just going to surround yourself with five or six other people in your group and 20 people in your class that are doing that same education process as you. Yeah, I was just reflecting as you're talking about how much cheaper it is to make mistakes in the in the boardroom, really, and discuss them before you try and implement them in the real world with all the money that's involved with agriculture and, and all the dynamics of, of working with, with people. So I see that you have a number of different tiers to the program or different levels. Who Who is the program actually for? So I'd say when we, when we first set it up, we wanted it almost to be expansive across the industry. So we didn't want to limit those that wanted to partake in it. So from us, and again, going back to the year definition of success, whether you're a 3,000, a 10,000, a 20,000, the, the size doesn't matter. It's the it's the mindset, it's the progressiveness. It's it's if you want to change or if you want to get better at your business. That was, that was kind of our set mission. So what we did is when we set it up, we set it up so we have a tier one, which literally is open to anybody that wants to partake and anybody that has the mindset to jump in. We have a tier two that the plan is to launch probably next year, and it's gonna be by application only, but it's literally that next step up. It's bringing in the really top end speakers. It's having our advisor group. It's, it's essentially setting up a group of farms that really wanna 10X their business, go to that next level, right? Not to say that the tier one isn't, but the tier one's a starting stone. For most that haven't taken coach, it's really hard to get the mindset shift to that extent. And I mean, that was my biggest part when I started coaches. I'd been an employee for 15, 20 years. So that shift from employee to entrepreneur 
for me was really hard and I'm not a quick start. So, I mean, my Colby's exact opposite of these two. <laughs> and for me, it was more or less getting the mindset of leverage of running the company of, of being able to let go. Cause I, I'm the implementer. I'm the one that always gets down in the, into the dirt and it's uncomfortable when you have to get out of that. So for me, that's where coach took me. The other one we did is we did a professional development one. And, and this was more in 2019, I went down to the U S and I went to a train the trainer program with Dick Whitman. Who's a, who's an instructor at TPAP. And it was probably one of the most eye-opening courses I've taken just from an internal farm management standpoint of governance and business and how he runs his farm and who his CEO is. And, and that kind of got the wheels in motion when we started farmer coaches that we did want to also not just provide to producers, but to provide to consultants to, because there's lots of consultants that haven't taken these programs or seen internal boots on the ground farm management. I mean, it's, even for me, I mean, 20 years or 15 years at MNP, I'd seen a lot of files. I hadn't seen a lot of internal management. So for me, that professional development, that next step was being transparent with just not only the producer, but the industry on this is what success looks like on some farms and the tools and how to get there so that they can do a better job. Because I mean, if we can help as many producers as possible, whether it's through farmer coach or whether it's through other consultants, we're just making the industry better. And I mean, in today's geopolitical and everything we're seeing right now, I think that's our main goal is just making the industry stronger. So I know you guys haven't started the program yet, but if you could predict, you must have some feel for this. What do you think will be some of the top things that you guys are going to address? And you'll hear producers saying as their top takeaways when they, when they come out of the program. For, for me, honestly, we've, we've gone through and when we jotted our list down of topics that we wanted to cover throughout the first few years, we ended up with nine or 10 years of stuff. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. It just, <laughs> it just kept going and going. And, but the main topics, I think, I mean, we're seeing labor as being probably one of the biggest, and it's also one of the strengths of a lot of the farms I do consulting with. So that one I'm excited for, because I think it's, it's one that agriculture hasn't touched on. I mean, Christian mentioned it in the intro is, it's just something that we've never had to learn as farmers. So I think it's it's a bit of an eye-opener for a lot. And I mean, the financial side, as a public accountant, yeah, I've touched on a lot of them, but we've never gone into the solution side as much as we do in farmer coaches. It's not just about identifying the problem. It's about helping them actually come up with viable solutions to start working towards fixing it. It's It's really easy to identify problems. It's really hard to come up with solutions on the go, real time. A whole bunch of different independent farms so that those are the ones i'm excited most for is just the solution part as well as hr succession i mean you name it we've we were, we're going to touch on it what do you I'd think say, i'd say the same thing i mean i think each session just reviewing curriculum this week is that there's going to be a, about a third of the session that i'd call kind of mind expander really helping producers start thinking about one three and ten year plans and and then breaking that down on how they execute. Most producers are really good at execution, kind of working on that day-to-day and week-to-week basis. They don't really feel they have any time to set a three-year, a 10-year goal and then start figuring out how they're going to walk towards it. So, I mean, that mind expander part is going to be 20 to 30% of each session. Then, as Evan said, I'll use the financial side as an example. There'll be one or two key financial metrics that there'll be templates on and really walking through how you're going to calculate them and we like something as simple as a red light, yellow light, green light on where the number comes out and how you fall. But then the last part is working with your, with your coach and, and the rest of your peers on solutions to go from where you are to where you need to be. So, I mean, if you're working capitals in a, in a red light, that's something we got to fix pretty quickly. But there's a number of ways on how to get there and, and other, producer will have, other producers will have ideas too. So that when you leave the session... You're going you're gonna to have a pretty good idea of where you want to be in at least three years, hopefully in 10 years. You're going to have learned a new financial concept or at least the real meaning of one that you've heard before. Have a template to at least calculate it yourself and, and hopefully have two to three ideas on how you can improve that on your own operation to take home and work on for that trimester. Awesome. Well, that sounds really exciting. I'd love to hear from the audience. If you guys have any questions, love to hear from you. You can put it in the chat or raise your hand and join the conversation. One of the more interesting aspects of this to me is just the culture around agriculture. And I think of it as coming out and saying, well, we're going to coach farmers. And some of the inherent subconscious response might be, for example, well, I learned how to cultivate straight at 10 years old. Like, do I really need a coach here? 
or or what is coaching about? How how do you guys anticipate overcoming some of that resistance to being coached given given our culture? Because it's not it's not inherent in our culture to go out and say, coach me, teach me. What what do you guys see in agriculture in, in that regard in terms of culture and, and coaching? Yeah, I got a couple of points on that. I mean, we talk lots that fierce independence is probably our number one positive in agriculture. It's how we get through years where you get 18 inches of snow and 20 inches of rain in the 45 days you're supposed to be seeding. You know, that, <laughs> that was 2022 for us. But it's also our biggest negative because agriculture is not good at sharing, right? It's not really good at communicating, hence the, our, our lack of succession plans in a lot of cases. And it's also why we have probably one of the larger mental health issues in, in most industries is because farmers tend to just bottle it up and go to work this next day and hopefully it goes away. And eventually you'll catch up. If the hole gets too deep, it's really hard to catch up. Whether that's a financial hole or that's just a, I can't get anybody hired, so I can't even make my kid's hockey game hole. Or as Terry and I learned, and so do you, Dan, at, at Strategic Coach, the definition of a free day is you don't do anything work-related that day. And At least let's say you don't even check your email. Your phone's going to ring. Can you separate calls? Maybe not. But I can, I can admit when I went to Strategic Coach the first time, almost a decade ago, I didn't take a single free day a year in 365 days. And I think most farmers could say the exact same thing. So as we move forward, I think as farms do turn more into businesses, they're more open to sharing ideas. And I equate our coaching pretty similar to coaching my 10-year-old in hockey. I mean, the best coaches realize they can't put their skates on and go score the goal when you're losing 3-1. They're just finding a way to unlock the potential that's already in you to go score the goal, to be the leader, and, and to participate with your teammates to get the outcome that you want. And I think 10 years ago, that probably isn't the way I thought. For me personally, in today's world, I get way more satisfaction out of helping somebody else realize potential that they didn't have or, or just giving them a couple new tools that allows them to be an even better leader than they currently are. And, and the same thing with my team than I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I wanted a lot of the stuff, right? And, and I joked, even in today's world of sports athletes, there's way too many people worried about trying to get the MVP versus winning the Stanley Cup. And I think at Farmer Coach and at Maverick and, and at our farm, we're a lot more focused on winning the Stanley Cup and taking as many people with us as we can. We don't really care who gets the, who gets the awards or, or gets the whatever words you want to use for it. We just get a lot of satisfaction out of watching other people be successful. And if there's if there's some tool or or an idea or a quick discussion we can have to help get them there because it's a mistake we already made, so there's no reason it should be made twice, then that gives us a lot of a lot of satisfaction at the end of a week. Well said. Very well said. Evan, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I can I can probably add a little to that, Dan. It was and it was a funny change for me because when I came out of public accounting and started the consulting side of Maverick. My assumption was it was going to be all numbers, projections, budgets, all that stuff. And I mean, Terry can attest and honestly, every other client that I've taken on can attest that most of my time isn't spent in the numbers anymore. It's it's once you take that first step and then don't get me wrong, you're correct. That first step is really hard for a lot of producers to take. But the conversations I have now, 90% of the time, they're based on communication and teams and EOS and core values and, and setting up the business for success rather than just the numbers. So it's been a learning experience for myself as well. But once you get that mindset shift away from just the numbers, it actually opens up the business to a lot of potential. And that's, I mean, that was the, the base around why we created this program was a lot of farms already have this stuff in their heads, in place, but they don't have the the push or the mindset shift to actually implement it or to, to go that direction. And honestly, most of the time they're just too busy. Your CEO, your COO, your you're the janitor, you're you're everything on your organization. It's really hard to get out of that to actually say, okay, now how do I actually forward plan? How do I take a step back, look at the thirty thousand foot picture, and and where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? It's that part that I find the hardest for most guys. But once you take that first step, which, like I said, I've seen on the consulting side, that's the side they want to talk about. It's no longer in the business. They want to be talking about on the business every time I phone now. So it's stuff like that that I actually I I'm not sure we're as far away in agriculture as we think we are. It's just that first step and that seeing the value add and, and moving forward. 
honestly, it's that first stride that's the hardest. So Terry, why is it so important for you to overcome this this challenge and go get coached? I mean, this summer, this spring, we weren't done seeding and you're in Toronto and there's still seeding and there's a whole bunch of operations going on. That's not easy, but obviously you put a lot of value on that. Why is it important to you and how do you deal with that? Well, just thinking about what Evan was sharing there, really it's about learning. You know, these programs are are about learning as much as coaching and you learn from your coaches and you learn from your peers, right? And there's a lot of smart people in those rooms, but I think the first the first step is kind of just committing to it, right? So I think especially on a farm, there is always something to do, no matter whether it's raining or whatever. It's probably one of the hardest businesses to pull yourself out and actually like work on the business versus being stuck in the weeds day to day. So just the fact of committing to something like this, just even to go to the first session or whatever it may be, is a commitment to take yourself out of the business and kind of look at the big picture. And I think a lot of times we struggle with that in farming. Like I said, is there's always kind of a million things that have to be done every day, right? And so it's really hard to force yourself to step away from the business, right? Or even when you build a schedule on the farm and you're taking a day off and everyone else is working, right? Because that's your day off on the schedule. You realize that you have to take time to step away and and look at the big picture because farming is is a multi-year business, right? And you have to be thinking about what's coming down the pipe and what's coming in the fall or in three years from now as well. And so that's one of the big, big things there that's that's really important. And then for me, it's it's the learning part. I mean, networking with all these different people, you're going to learn as much from the other people in the room because everyone has solved, like in business, we're all trying to solve the same problems and we've all found solutions for different problems. And so for me, it's part of accelerating that that goal or where you want to go because you can learn if you can pick a bunch of pieces from two or three other people that have done it, maybe a little bit different or solve that problem. It just saves you from going through all the pain and heartache of figuring that all out, right? And so that's, there's a few things there, just committing to kind of actually unplug yourself to the business from the business and look at the big picture, take a look above the trees, learning from those peers and and other really smart people in the room, and then building that community that gives you the confidence and also kind of holds you accountable. Because when you come back into that room... And they say, hey, how did you do a solving that problem? And if you didn't do anything, you kind of look like a bit of a doorknob. So usually you don't <laughs> do that too many times, right? So number one question when you see all the folks again at, at, at Strategic Coach is how was is, how is your quarter? And it's really interesting to see after being in five years, what your conversations evolved to, because it starts, we're talking about financial things and employees and stuff like that. And then it ends up talking a lot about more about personal achievements because a lot of people get there in the program. They have a better quality of life. But I have two more questions, I guess, before we hit the top of the hour here and close things down. And if the audience has any questions, we welcome them. But I guess second to last question would simply be, what does it look like for people that want to join the program? How much time commitment? What time of year is it? What can they expect? Is it an annual thing? What's on the agenda? What are the caterers serving? Go. <laughs> so from the producer side, we've set it up, as Christian said, trimester just to avoid the growing seasons and honestly to avoid the summertime with their families because that's that's part of the coaching is the free days, making sure we're not interfering with their work-life balance. So first session will start this November. Dates-wise, November 7th and 8th and 9th and 10th are the two that we have open at this point. It's all done out of Saskatoon for year one. So we have the Alt Hotel booked conference room and it's it's essentially sit down for a day and a half and as christian went through 30 percent coaching 30 percent education and 30 percent peer we come back do that again in march and do that again in july and honestly the curriculum set up so based on the time of year the subject matter will apply so whether it's strategic planning in november after you got the harvest off looking at next year the spring one will be more around risk management, so cost of production, looking at gross margins, crop rotations. I mean, there's it, it's based around the growing season. And, and honestly, the best part for me, Dan, is that I can adjust the topics based on what's happening in the industry, which is a little bit different than strategic coach, just in the fact that 
the coaching part never changes, but the education component shifts based on what the biggest risks in agriculture are at that time. So that's kind of one of the strengths I like. And so, yeah, the producer wants three times a year, day and a half each session, the train, the trainer or the, or the professional development one we've set up once. So starting in November this year, it's one come in and go two full days, more or less set around the same kind of concepts that we're going to go through on the producer, but we're going to come at it from a professional development side. We also have the young farmer and the tier two that we are going to launch. Like I said, 2023, we more or less wanted to get through the first year here and just see the, not only the uptake, but get the bugs out, get with every new idea. We know there's going to be certain things that come up. So we want to get those covered before we go and launch a whole bunch of different programs and have the same mistakes or issues come with each one. Right. So will it be, how many people will be in the program? And is that something you'll see the same people year after year and grow with them? Yeah. So we've, the producer side, we've gone between 20 and 25 max, much like strategic coach. If the time of year, or if you want to switch cohorts that that's available to you as well. So if there's a group of producers that is worried about, and, and this was our concern as well as farming, the fierce independence is that if you got a neighbor in the same one as you, I know what you're going to pull back. And the goal is not to have you pull back. It's for you to participate and be able to share and not be worried about the other people in the, in the cohort with you. So we've got the ability to shift cohorts based on who's in it and who you want to be in. So yeah, 20 to 25 maximum. The, the professional development one, we're going to push to 30 because I think over two days, having 30 consultants in the room is easier to, easier to wrangle than having 30 producers in the room. So that's kind of the setup on people. Heather Watson was asking if all the training was taking place somewhere in Saskatchewan. I assume that she wants you guys to come out east. <laughs> to, to tell you the truth, Dad, we had we've had enough interest from down in the states for these first couple. Sure. That, that that's not out of our option. I mean, obviously, it's not something we want to say we're launching today, but we actually had a lot of U.S. interest, which surprised me. Christian wasn't as surprised that I was, but so we've got three or four already signed up coming up to Saskatoon out of the U.S. So, I mean, that was one of the other decisions we made. We were looking at leasing space here for a building and we decided that we'd keep it open so that if there was travel involved, I mean, you give me enough producers in one area, it's not something that we're going to rule out, right? So it'd be interesting to hear Terry's feedback on this too, though, Dan, because it's one thing I'm struggling with personally is one, the farmer side of me says, sure, let's have one in Saskatoon, let's have one in Guelph and let's have one in Minneapolis. And, and maybe in the future, we will do that. Right now, it's in Saskatoon. It has a good international airport. But the, the one downside of traveling to where all the producers are is you lose the intermixing of significantly different operations, right? If, if there's one in Guelph, the majority of the Eastern operations are going to go there instead of coming to Saskatoon. Same if we put one in the US. And, and I see there being a lot of benefits to, a, to an operation out of the I-States being beside an operation from Davidson being beside a, a corn and bean farmer from Southern Ontario. And so this first year, first couple of years, especially it'll, it'll be based more in Saskatoon because we're struggling a little bit with that internally on, do you lose some of the real wins of, even though it is farmer coaching, it's all farmers. Those are significantly different businesses. And so I don't, I don't see that being a lot different than when we're at strategic coach. And some of the people I learned the most from is a builder in Chicago that has to deal with rain the same I do and, and a copper mine in Dubai. And, and he has the same HR issues that I do and has different ways to deal with them. I think we can get a lot of that exact same intermingling of different types of businesses just by having farms that are significant different geographies. Well, and location so critical too, just even for perspective. When you go out to Toronto in the middle of seeding, you suddenly realize no one here gives a shit about your problems at all. Like they don't even know that it's happening, nor is it relevant to their unless there's food supplies and issues or something, they might fly over and say, Hey, what's going on here? But yeah, Terry, did you want to comment on that? Yeah, I kind of agree with Christian. I mean, I think the more kind of diversity in business and experiences, the more there is to learn. Right. But then you're always balancing too. like, I mean, that's one of the things I like about coaches going, it's going farther away and a different mix of businesses, but then it's also balancing that time commitment and, some people, yeah, I think, I think there's that mindset. I think the interesting part of this program is there's always that mindset that people don't understand agriculture, even though 
at the end of the day, business is business. And relatively speaking, the problems are the same, just they're structured in a different way. But at the end of the day, yeah, just different. The more that's one nice thing about TPAP too, right? There's a lot of different, all kinds of different businesses from all over the country in a few different countries when you go to that program too, right? So Excellent. Well, we have a question here from the audience, Ryan Gilbraith. Maybe this was touched on earlier in the call before I was on, but what would you say is the main difference or value you can take from this program versus a peer group setting? I can go first on that. Depending on the type of peer group, there's going to be continuous education, right? Ours is a day and a half, three times a year. I think that the one thing I find quite a bit different about a coach type setup, because really strategic coach and farmer coach are similar in a lot of ways, is that your coach is paid to share a lot of templates and a lot of mistakes that they've made and how they've improved their own business. I mean, I always like listening to Dan Sullivan talk about the mistakes he's made in his life. I mean, the, the guy's a multi-million dollar coach now, but he admits that rock bottom was the day he went bankrupt and got divorced on the same day. Right. And, and so having, to be honest, your coach go through stuff at the front of the room of the mistakes they've made and how they got through hard times and how they're celebrating successes. I really find draws out way more conversation from the entrepreneurs in the room and, and makes it a safe kind of safe place to be right it, it's the same reason we have coaches in sports versus just throwing a hockey team out there the, the coach can't put their skates on and go score goals but really allowing each person to develop in their position and kind of creating a team culture makes winning teams and that's what we see out of coaching versus the peer groups that i've participated in i've, I've learned lots from them but I've, I personally get a lot more out of coaching, a coach type setup. And it's probably because of my nine quick start that I can't pay attention long enough in a peer group, maybe. But <laughs> at least in, in this setting, I got a coach banging a ruler on a desk occasionally to say, we got to move on to the next template. Here's what needs to be accomplished. Here's the theme of the day and a half. Here's the expectations that we're going to come out with at the end. But at the same time, I seem to still get all the wins that I was getting out of a peer group, which is the sharing of immense amount of knowledge from peers and, and, the, and the problems they've solved and the solutions they're looking for a bit of help on. And I would, I would say just to, to push that even further, like through EOS on the farm, we've, we've got the system down. We could probably self-implement EOS for ourselves over the, over the next years, but we still once a year go into Calgary. We have the implementer at the front of the room because he drives conversation and he drives stuff that we're not going to think about. And I mean, it's the same as, as Christian mentioned, you get off on tangents and then all of a sudden you got two hours down, down a road that hasn't actually pushed us forward. And for us having that implementer at the front, then he's seen the other businesses. He's, he's got a picture of everybody in the room. It, it is almost priceless just to get his opinion on stuff. And even, even if he's not, ours isn't even an agriculture guy, but he knows how to guide the room and they know how to keep the, the conversation moving in a progressive manner. And to me, that's, the benefit, I think, over peer groups. And again, I love peer groups. We're part of peer groups. I'm not saying this is a replacement for a peer group. I'm just saying this is a totally different system through the coaching and mediating and everything else. And I think it's something you really have to experience to understand the value of. And coaching will really push you to find the answers in yourself, which can be frustrating at times because we Sometimes we just want somebody else to tell us, <laughs> what is the answer? What should I do? And then they'll say, well, what do you think you should do? But at least you get a chance to verbalize it. And through that process, you come up with a lot of your own solutions. So thanks a lot for the, the questions and the participation. So my last question then technically, unless we have any other questions from the audience, of course, is at the beginning there, and this comes from your copy. So this is obviously something that you guys have in mind. You alluded a little bit to one's definition of success. And I think that in agriculture, we all start out with a certain kind of metrics. Maybe it's, I want to have X amount of acres or X amount of head or be worth X amount of dollars, or I want to have the X nine or whatever that you would think is a metric of our worth and success. I think, unfortunately for a lot of folks, if you actually get there, but you're bankrupt in other areas of life, maybe fitness, health, relationships, experiences, the stuff that you know, you're know you gonna think about on your deathbed. I'd be really interested to know what your guys' definition of success is, each one of you. And then 
but but in the context of maybe before and after coaching, like coaching maybe give you the confidence and permission to have different dreams about what success means to you. So maybe we'll go Evan, Terry, and then Christian in terms of how do you define success? How is it different after coaching? And what do you hope that people will find success in the course with just to wrap things up? I'd say my definition of success has definitely shifted. I want just to, to start with that. You asked me five years ago, my definition of success was the corporate ladder. I was in public accounting for 15 years. The goal was to make partner, move up the ladder, get the respect, get the recognition. And, and that shifted significantly when I took the job offer from Christian and started doing coach. Once I got to coach, it was, yes, I still want to move up, but it's how can I bring my team members with me? So for me, it was, and it, honestly, it was a conversation we had one time and I didn't even realize it until we had the conversation. And then after that, my stress level went through the roof was once I realized I had a staff of five or six or seven that, that were working with me, I realized that those people depended on me to be better at my job because for them to have their career and for them to support their families and for them to move up the corporate ladder, which is what I had originally, I needed to be the best version of me that I could be. So then all of a sudden, when I started coach, my definition of success was I need to be better than what I've been before because all of these people are depending on me and I want them to come with me up the ladder. So that was, that was my biggest shift. And so for me, my definition of success today is obviously work-life balance. I love my family. I love not working 3000 hours a year, like the goal was in the past, but I also want to have a really healthy team and have them have the same ambitions and motivations every day they get to work. That's a huge shift. And that's, I really appreciate that. And you think about 10, 20, 30 years down the road, like it might not be a big difference now, but from what you were thinking, where you would have ended up in a couple decades of your career versus where you're going to be now, with your team and your family and your business, it's it's a big change. So congratulations on that. That's awesome. What about you, Terry? You just always wanted to be better than your big brother, I suppose. Your <laughs> yeah, that's my success. my definition. Success is to be able to kick my big brother's butt. But yeah, no, I think <laughs> that it's probably shifted a bit. But simply for me, I think my definition of success is just whatever it is that you want to have in life. I used to think about that probably more as just business and personal separate, but Today, I believe it's just whatever it is that you want to find is that balance and and do it, right? I've seen a great definition of happiness is basically if your current situation equals where you want it to be, you're happy, right? And if it's not, then either you have to change your situation or you have to change your definition of happiness, right? So I think largely it just defining what that means for you and and utilizing the coaching to get yourself there, right? So, and that can be a lot of different things for different people. Doing what you love, that's a big, big theme of success for you. So it's good that you can still afford to farm. There's been a couple times where we weren't sure, but yeah, so, so far you're still going. It's good. So just to wrap things up, what's your definition of success, Christian, and how has it changed for you? And how, how would you, what would you like to see for success for the people in the program? Yeah. So, I mean, when I left MNP in 2000, the fall of 08, I wrote down on a piece of paper that success was we run an efficient 8,000 acre farm, to be honest. <laughs> so I think my, my, my hope for the people in the program is that I think you have way more potential than you give yourself credit for. But usually you got to surround yourself with really good people to try and find that in both a peer network and the, the team of people that work with you every day in order to unlock what success is. Because in most cases, I don't think as producers or even as people, we think big enough on on what the world and, and our potential in that world is. We get a little close-minded. So, I mean, we're going to crop where we did crop close to four times that in today's world and, and have a couple other companies. So, I, I tell three little stories or sayings that I use for success. So, the one is the one you talked about at Evan at the start. It kind of hangs in my office is that, you know, we believe we've been been a successful operation if we leave our land, our financial statements, our industry and our community in a better state generation after generation. That's kind of the overreaching one for, for the farm and for the team to, to really watch. And obviously our team members are part of that community. So we want them to be leaders in the community and, and have a more success each generation. 
no different than that's why they vote now on every expansion. Not, it's not just Christian voting, the whole team votes. And would I veto the odd one if I really disagreed? Maybe, but I've never had to. They've maybe vetoed me a couple of times. <laughs> Sec- secondly, in your personal life, and this is the part I struggled with early on. I mean, we got married when we were 20 and, and we were flat broke. Both of us I had to sell my car to pay for our third of the wedding. And my wife had been working for a year before me. So she was, her net worth was significantly higher than mine. I, I kind of say in your personal relationship, they add up to a hundred percent, obviously, but to get to that hundred, somebody has to be in charge of making sure, or, or the couple has to be making sure that you have enough money to live the life you want to live. And, but the part that we forget about sometimes is somebody really needs to be in charge of making sure you have a life worth living. And we forget about that second part. I think a lot of us between the ages of let's call it 20 and 35, we get so focused on making sure we have enough money to live the life we want. We don't spend enough time creating a life that's worth living. And so figuring that part out in your own personal relationships, I think is pretty important. And in no way can we coach you to do this perfectly because we could probably bring our lives to talk about it. And it would ruin the theory, but we're trying hard, right? And, and I think lastly, I've got a saying that I use lots now is that my job as the leader is personally, I want to give my, my kids the opportunity to go to Harvard. And I just used Harvard because it's well-known, but to whatever school they want to. So I say, I want to give my kids the opportunity to go to Harvard. As the leader of a business, I want to see move on through the generations. That means it's my job to create a business that that's neat enough. And Evan made fun of me for using the word cool the other day, cool enough that when they get the job offer from Facebook and Goldman Sachs, that the, that the Heber Grain Ventures job offers is at least on the table. If they decide they don't want it, that's no problem. But if I haven't created an operation that's vibrant enough that they see a successful future in, I haven't done my job. So those are kind of three little stories I'd use around success. And and that really, we just want people to leave Farmer Coach with their eyes wide open and maybe their hair flat back and that, geez, I, I could probably accomplish more than I thought I could as long as I surround myself with really good people. And I'm on the same page with my spouse on where we want to be in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Well, and that's a great segue to a question that Heather had. What do you guys think about spouses attending, business partners, parents, next generation taking tier one together, or is this more or less a solo journey? So I would I would say based on the sign up so far, we've had all those. So I've got I've got spouses, I've got the next generation, I've actually got a 19-year-old with his father. So it it's built around that. Now, that's not to say that the solo isn't going to work. It's just if if that's part of your management group, and as Christian said off the start, we also have non-ownership. So we've got the next level of management on farms taking the course because maybe the ownership sees them as the ones that need to get to that next step, right? So it's, I, I have them all already. So to tell you that it's not, I'd be lying. So I, I think there's a definite benefit, especially if both of you are running the business together. What a great opportunity, too, to have, like you say, a safe framework that's husband, wife, or father and son or or business partner can come in and have a check-in and talk about some of those hard things before you hit the wall on them. It's like, oh, my expectation was this. Oh, really? Well, I thought this. Well, I tend to be more right than you, so you should probably see my point, et cetera. You can extrapolate from there. I think we alluded to it. Go ahead. Any other? Comments? I was going to say I've, I've I've been part of enough meetings where you you discuss a ten year plan with spouses and and all of a sudden the ten year plan is not the same. Oh man! Well, seventy percent of the time, other people don't know what's in your head, and that's their fault. They should know what's in your head. They need to, to remember too, right? Is that I mean, and you guys know this from coach. If 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 a spouse comes or a, or a daughter or son comes, you know these people can make the decision whether they should sit right beside each other, so they're in a lot of the same groups together discussing, or are they going to sit on opposite sides of the room, participate in different groups, and then have their debrief at the end of the day of what they learned separately? But they can still be at the exact same coaching session, right? There, there's a lot of nuances you can play just within the day, even if you're at the same session or or in different groups. Terry and I experience that all the time at coach, and we generally don't sit together, but we generally have an opportunity within that space to confer and talk a little bit about the business. You guys talked about, we had one last question here. How does this program stay applicable for a farm in Southwestern Ontario? If majority of program members are from large farms, but I think that you, you alluded to it, Christian, that's part of the advantage is the diversity teaches you thing that you don't want to be stuck in a Western Canadian mindset. Oh, and, and I think if I go back through the years and 
I've picked up different really important lessons from people all over the world. Some of my most important lessons in HR were because I sat beside a guy that owned a subway and some resorts in Mexico on a plane. His business is nothing like mine. The way he had to deal with people and also how they had to deal with rain delays gave me a whole bunch of ideas on how we should operate in our business, right? I can also remember having a discussion with the vice president of, of Caterpillar. And when I asked him what his most important job was, it was it was to predict the cycles and manage the cycles. Because obviously their sales go up way up and way down depending on the, the commodity cycle and the infrastructure build cycle. So if there's a bunch of money about to go into the economy to build infrastructure, Caterpillar is going to have a lot of sales. But they also can't lose team members in the bottom sides of the cycles. I don't know about you guys, but I think agriculture is pretty cyclical. So I think that's really the power of it is that whether you're a small operation, and I mean small in acres in Southwest Ontario, because in Southwest Ontario, your land might trade for $25,000, $30,000 an acre and you're growing corn and beans. So at, at, a, at a portion of Western Canadian acres, you can be every bit as big of a business. You have the same issues, right? You have HR, you have having to deal with, in their case, in a lot of cases, it's urban sprawl or, or municipal districts. But I think Terry and I could probably tell some pretty good stories of issues we have to deal with with municipalities too. Everybody's problems in a way fall into the same buckets. And I think by having that different type of operation, sometimes it's comments from the two different sides that really lead to a new solution because they maybe had to deal with it longer or, or more intense than you have. Well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. And thank you to the audience for participating. And I hope to, some of you make it to the program and I'm sure you're going to find lots of value in it. And I hope that everybody on the call finds their own way to success. I believe this is the route. I can't wait to see the evolution of this. And we brought this onto our platforms just because I really respect what you guys are doing. We're really happy to, to share this with folks in our network. I think this is going to have a big impact on agriculture on the culture and the execution of production, but also on people's quality of lives, which is the biggest deal. You guys are doing, I can't wait to watch this unfold and evolve and grow and to hear from people in the program that got tremendous benefit from it. I know how much it's meant in Terry and I's lives. So to get, to get coached and whatnot. So congratulations, you guys on launching a new program. You're doing really good work. Terry and I are proud to be involved with you guys. And I think it's going to be a great program. So thanks so much. Any, any final words, Christian and Evan? Go ahead, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just like to say thanks, Dan. I mean, you and I originally spoke of this on our, our last podcast and we got quite a bit of traction through that just from, just from mentioning it coming. So I think from the industry and based on the producers we've talked to about it, I, I hope the uptake is as good as it sounds. Cause honestly, it, it's our it's our way of giving back to the industry in our eyes and and that's that was our main concern was that to give as many people the ability to take coach and to see what it's about because that's not something that everybody jumps into and yeah and i think my last part of comments would be the joy of coach is that we can adjust it on the fly to what people want more of right so as Devin said we probably have five six seven maybe ten years of content already but what we're looking forward to is as the questions come in and discussions start, there might be an area of farm business that, that a group, a large group of people are, are struggling with and, and want to have solutions brought forward by either the coach or the peer group. We can change curriculum order. We can change on the fly throughout the day of, of dealing with really normal day-to-day -day problems that they're feeling right now. And I think that's the exciting part is just allowing this group of people and anybody that has an open enough mind to, to really focus on unlocking their true potential and solving problems at an expedited speed. Love it. Terry, do you got any final words here before we go? I think it's great stuff. And for those that want to continue to move forward and learn and grow, this is going to be a great opportunity. So I'm just glad to be on the call. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Great way to start off the Monday with a little bit of motivation. But yeah, so how does people get signed up or find out more about the program, Evan? Farmercoach.ca. So the website's totally set up for registration purposes, as well as any questions you might have. Just link in there and add your comments and we'll be back to you as fast as we can. Love it. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you to the audience. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Have a great, have a great week. Thanks, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. We really appreciate that you'd spend some of your valuable time with us. 
We would like to give a shout out to Stephen and Veronica and the whole team of Pod Sound School for their talent and hard work in editing and producing these episodes. Be sure to check them out at www.podsoundschool.com. Also, Nicole Doobie from Eberhard Egg Solutions. Thank you so much. Nicole's really passionate about making these episodes come to life and sharing them with you. Please, let's stay in touch. You can communicate with us on any of the social media platforms. You can also check us out on YouTube. And sign up for our newsletter, growingthefuturepodcast.ca, so you don't miss an episode. Do not forget to check out the Aberhart family of companies online to aberhartfarms.com, suregrowth.ca, convergencegrowth.com, and aberhartagsolutions.ca. Links are in the episode notes. We would love to hear from you. Reach out and tell us what you like about the show or what we could do to improve upon this. And we will send you some free swag. Until next episode, folks, let's keep it real. Growing the future together. Oh.